welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point of total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Nuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me tonight from the Hoopheads Podcast Network himself, Jason Sunkel. Jason, how are you tonight? Uh, hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I've uh, got first place in our fantasy basketball league, and more importantly, more importantly, I'm here. I've heard enough bad talk about Andre Drummond. It's time for me to offer my perspective, Justin, on your podcast. I want to. I want to offer my Andre Drummond talk. So I'm excited to talk about Drummond. We got plenty of time for it tonight, and actually, I'm I am in third place right now in the fantasy league. I actually just made a trade. I, I just traded for Andre Drummond in my fantasy league. It's a good um, pick he up. was active. He was active last night for the first time, just in time to get the 33 and 23. So traded Al Horford, Kemba Walker, and Kobe White. So a pretty petty for him, but uh, I think it was worth it. But before we get into it, um, just so people people who maybe aren't familiar with you, uh, what do you do? You know, what are you? What is your role here within the network? Um, so I am a co-host with Mike on on the original podcast. Uh, we started it back in the summer of 2018 during the NBA Finals. Uh, we we that's when we did it. We started it then. Uh, obviously, that was the Cavs NBA or in the NBA Finals that year. Uh, last time for uh, the foreseeable future, probably. Sadly, um, but uh, you know, uh, we started this thing and we didn't know what it was going to be, and now it's become a whole network. And um, I've just I've known Mike since I was eight years old. I went to his basketball camp when I was eight, and ever since then we've wow. been in touch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Think about it's crazy. So, and then back in like the spring of 2018, he's like, "This is an idea I have. What What do you think about doing it?" So, um, we we put out 
at least three episodes a week. Uh, this week we put out four because of the hardened trade, which we're going to get into in a little bit here. Um, we had an emergency pod that went 45 minutes. <laughs> so so we, uh, we, we do our coaches' interviews. We put them out Monday and Friday, and then we do an NBA podcast every Tuesday. And then whenever we feel like there's something important to talk about, we'll, we'll hop on and you know, it's it started from something small, and now it's going to be something big. I, I'm just happy to be a small part of it. I don't do nearly as much as Mike does, but it's a blast to do it. So I, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on. Excited to have you on here tonight. Uh, like I said, we got, we got a lot to talk about, so uh, we'll just get started. The Cavaliers played the Knicks. Uh, they beat the Knicks 106-103, a very good game. The Cavaliers are now 6-7. and seven. Um, the Cavaliers have had some trouble with the Knicks this season, both in the preseason and regular season. This was their first win against them in, what, four tries now, I think? Yeah, it was so four. So good, yeah. good to finally knock off the Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle, again, had another big night. Uh, he's really had a big year in general, but um, good to uh, finally finally come in and get a win against them. Uh, looking at some noticeable performances, or just some notable performances here, this was the Andre Drummond game. Um, yeah, you know, we really kind of saw him break out here. Uh, this, here you go. Here's your chance to talk about Andre listen, a little bit. Listen, but um, 33 points, 23 rebounds. I'll give you the floor to start. Listen, Andre Drummond is an All Star. He should be an All Star. He's leading the league in rebounding. He's dominating. He's playing great defense. Um, if it weren't for Larry Nance, I would say he's the best defender on the floor. But I, I really think the only reason Larry Nance is 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 playing as well defensively is because Drummond's on the floor. I, I really think that the two of them together is just formidable, and and I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with Allen. Like, and I know we're going to get into that in a little bit. Like, I I'll be honest with you, I I don't think right now Drummond is going to be a trade piece because I think that we're going to wait on this because right now the Cavs are a play could be a playoff team and. Even if that means mortgaging, not getting anything back for Andre Drummond, I think for the fact that our team is so young, I personally believe, and call me crazy, Justin, I think it's important to keep him on our team. If we can get into the playoffs, even if we're the 8 seed, even if we're the 9 and the 10 seed and we have to play in that stupid play-in game to get into the play-in game, I, I think you do it because this will give them a valuable experience. You... I. I'm sick and tired of people here hearing us talk about let's tank, 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 and get a draft pick, a good draft pick. How, how have those worked out in the past? I mean, we know where Anthony Bennett went. All right, he's terrible. He's not even in the NBA anymore. Okay, we think we have something with Sexton. We think we have something with Garland. I, I think the growth that I saw from Garland before he got injured, huge. I think we have to keep Drummond. He's an all-star caliber player. You're not going to get anything back, and the only reason to trade him would be for a salary dump, and you don't, and you're afraid you're going to lose him. Jared Allen is the the protection that you have now, that you know you're going to have a center next year, and he's restricted free agent. So you keep Drummond. You have him groom these guys. I think that the cohesion in the team, they're all buying in. They all seem to like each other, which is a big step because if you remember when LeBron first left. The team didn't look like they liked each other when they were on the floor. Would you agree with that statement, Justin? Yeah. In LeBron's last year, there was definitely some tension there, especially with some of the new additions like the, the Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas that year in particular. It kind of seemed like Dwayne Wade wasn't happy. Uh, Derrick Rose never really seemed to fit in. But, yeah, I would, I would say completely with you on that as far as it's completely different this and year. And I think the thing is this. Andre Drummond is, like I said, an all-star caliber player. He's averaging a double-double. He's averaging – an insane amount of rebounds. Again, 
He's he's putting up points. You can rely on him. He put his put the team on his back against this uh, the Knicks. Now the Knicks are terrible. I'm 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 saying that now. They started off the season strong. They are the Minnesota Timberwolves of last year. Okay, Remember the Timberwolves won like four of their first six games, right? And they were four and two, and everyone's like, "Oh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're actually good." And then they stunk. They've I believe now the Knicks have lost five or six in a row since they started off strong. Okay, Julius Randle though. Julius Randle is a player. He is a player. He's on my fantasy team. He's a player. He's really good. But, like, when I'm looking at this Knicks stats lines from last night, like, or who the heck is it? Emmanuel Quickly. That was the first time I've ever heard of that person. He scored 23 points. Is the first time you've heard of Emmanuel Quickly? I know. I feel like I'm a big NBA guy. But maybe it's because I just hate the Knicks and I don't watch them play basketball. Like Emmanuel Quickly, I was going to say, he was a late first-round pick for the Knicks this year. He's a rookie. But um, he's been lighting the Cavs up all year. I mean, especially in the preseason, uh, in the preseason series we played against them, he was like their best player. He lit us up then too. I mean, that guy's. If, if we want to get into Emmanuel quickly, just for a minute, like he is, he is good. He, is he like, quick? And, and it was. He is quick. He <laughs> his name does not lie. But um, <laughs> I think you know coming into the draft, he was kind of projected as more of a second round pick. Uh, it seemed like a little bit of a reach when the Knicks originally took him. But uh, I think some of the the worries were that you know the shooting wouldn't translate to the degree where you know his kind of lack of size and explosiveness would um would you know not allow him to be an effective player. But I would say that that is you know completely wrong. I think he's proven that. I think that Manuel Kukli is going to be a, a very good player in the league. Um, super duper crafty, um, you know, just a, a, t- a fierce competitor out there too. Like someone who really just kind of seems to be a pest to some guys. So yeah, I, I am a big Emmanuel. Like I, I don't like watching him play against the Cavs because he's again kind of a pest, but he's a talent. And I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, listen, but um, if you would, if you would have told me that he was going to have a better start to the season than Obi Toppin, I wouldn't even, I'd even believe that. I think, I, <laughs> I, I, I like seriously, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad. I've been very pl- pleasantly surprised with Okoro. Like you're, he's not gonna he's not gonna light a team up for thirty points. I think at this point, but his defense is fantastic. And I was on the Obi Toppin trade. I, I really wanted I wanted him to, for the Cavs. Uh, I oh, thought no. he was. I know. I don't listen. I don't judge me on that. Don't judge me on the that. I think it's partially because my two my two of my best friends both went to Dayton and were huge Obi okay. Toppin fans. So right. they rubbed off on me. So I'm going to blame them. I won't name them, but I'm going to blame them. So I thought Toppin was going to be was going to be a good pick, and I I was really hoping for it. I'm glad they didn't go with it after watching him play. He he just doesn't. I know he's been injured and, and is working through some things, but. I don't know. The Knicks started off so strong without him. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to be as good. So I apologize. We kind of went off the Drummond train there and kind of went off on quickly and whatnot. But like I said, I think they Drummond is very um, underrated. I'm going to say that. I think he's underrated, Justin. I think he's very underrated, and he's leading the league in rebounds. He's scoring a lot of points. And I know that he has his days. He has his days. We all have our days. He has his days where he's not as engaged as he should be. But I think if you went back and watched him play in Detroit, and you went and watched him now, his days of him not being engaged and being off are way less this this year. And maybe it's because it's a contract year. But I truly believe he's buying into Bickerstaff. And Bickerstaff, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Cavs make the playoffs, he needs to be considered for Coach of the Year because 
no one had any idea that the Cavs were going to come out this strong because I I think Vegas's over under was twenty and a half from the Cavs, and we're already at what six? We're at six right now, and mm-hmm. we've only played mm-hmm. thirteen games. So I and there's you, been how many injuries? And and that's the other thing. The, we look at these these minutes last night. You got Larry Nance played forty four minutes. Chetty played forty. Drummond played forty. Okoro played forty two, and Dotson played forty. If you were to told me that that Dotson, Nance, and Chetty Osman were going to have to play forty minutes in the in the first twenty games of the season, I would have said, "Well, that's a loss." Like seriously, yeah. Damian Dotson didn't even get a lot of minutes in the as a New York Nick last year. Okay, and the Knicks were pitiful. They were they were slightly better than us. When in record, I don't. I still stand by the fact that I think the Cavs were better than the Knicks last year. But in record, the Knicks were better. Okay, and he got no minutes in la- the last night. He played forty minutes against them. Like that's crazy. And Lamar Stevens, if you would have told me at training at training the training camp, oh Lamar Stevens is going to play twenty minute night guy, twenty minute night guy, a two way player who listen when he's on the floor, he's 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 what I think. Um, when I was watching the last night. Uh, campy or or because um, Austin Carr hasn't been in there, but maybe it was Angel Gray yeah. said he's a Angel junk- Gray was in there last night. Yeah, he's a junkyard dog. He just plays. He's just he's just out there. He's playing. She basically said he was playing street ball, but just like busting his butt. So for twenty minutes, you never see Lamar Stevens just standing there. He's moving, and you got to give it to him. He's seizing his opportunity to play. And I will tell you, if I I would have never expected the Cavs. To be starting as strong as they have with as many injuries, and like basically their whole starting lineup's been injured. Even Drummond missed a game with an injury, so it's just every single starter's missed a game, right? Because of injury, we, Jetty we have, missed a, well, uh, well, no, Jetty didn't start. All of like the, the regular starters, the all regular the regular starters, starters, I believe, have missed yeah, a game. Yes, I mean, and a majority of like three of them have missed three plus. Like that's crazy. It's crazy to to think that they've won this many games. And I know some of that came into like, oh, we beat the Sixers when they didn't have Embiid. Oh, you know, we, we there was a few games that we stole that we sh- probably didn't deserve to win. The one that Okoro slammed. I don't remember who that was. That was early in the season when he, he dunked and we stole that one. But anyways, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I, I really think that they need to keep Drummond. And that's really what I want to say. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to Drummond in a little bit. Um, we we kind of have some some center talk planned for this podcast, but um, I also just want to mention, you know, with with Obi Toppin as well. You know, you look at you know just the, the strong start that they got off to without him. I think part of that does have to do with, and, and again, I I don't, I I hated Obi Toppin for the Cavs just because I thought the fit was terrible. Um, you know, I, I didn't think that there would be, and really with all the injuries that we've had, assuming if he were healthy at that point, he would have had opportunities to play in Cleveland just because, again, of the depleted roster. But I think part of the, you know, the thing with the Knicks up to this point is why they've been so successful is the defense that they've been able to put out. And I, I don't think that that is entirely sustainable, but I do think bringing in a coach like, you know, Tom Thibodeau will help your defense. Um, they've been giving up a ton of threes, and I think that's where, you know, it looks like, their defense is maybe not so sustainable because they've just been giving up. They've been giving up some good looks from outside, you know, the entire season, and shots just haven't been falling from the other teams. But you know, looking at another thing is, you know, you haven't had a guy like Obi Toppin, and they're playing a bunch of minutes. Obi Toppin is just straight up not a good defender. You know, he's just he's not laterally quick. He's you know a turnstile defender. He he just doesn't always know where to be. Yeah, he can finish on some dunks, and you know, I mean. 
and he only played 10 minutes last night, but I think, you know, that's part of the reason that they've been so good. And I, I think that Obi is going to be a guy that kind of fills it up. But when, when you look at, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Okoro in particular, someone who was able to go four for eight last night, you know, knock down a three, make all four free throws, um, four assists, two blocks, two steals, you know, ended the night with 13 points, you know, limited his turnovers, limited his fouls. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, you probably know we, we've been on the Okoro train the entire way on this podcast. This has been a, probably a little bit undeserved, but a, a very anti Obi Toppin podcast. But uh, one more guy I want to look at here is Jetty Osman, who I, I just kind of need to get some of your takes on Jetty this season so far. It seems like, you know, the highs are high and the lows are really, really low with him. He, he finished last night with 25 points. Uh, five for nine from three, kind of put out a Kyle Korver performance. That's, you know, who I can kind of initially came to in mind, um, you know, had five assists as well. He's been, you know, his assist numbers have been up this season uh, during that, this stretch without, you know, any of our guards other than Dotson, he's been putting up, you know, anywhere from five, five to seven assists a night. It seems like, uh, what have you thought of Jetty this season? Um, what, I, I still, I still kind of struggled to answer this question myself because it doesn't seem like he has two good games in a row. Or two bad games in a row. It seems like it's been every other game is, you know, something different. What have you thought of Jetty this season? I, I will say I've been pleasantly surprised with him. I, I think he is really good and was really good when he was coming off the bench to start the season. And then, you know, when they thrust him back into the starting role, he wasn't doing as well. Um, I think here's the thing. I don't put it all at Chetty's feet, though. I p- actually put it on Ty Lu's feet. I'm going back. I think he was Ty totally, Lue. I'm blaming Ty Lue. I'm blaming Ty Lue. 2018, Chetty's on the team with LeBron. I feel like he was totally misused in LeBron's last season. I don't think they gave him the opportunities to play, and maybe that was a LeBron thing. Maybe it wasn't Ty Lue. But all I know is LeBron always spoke very highly of him. He always talked about him being a competitor. And you listen, the, when LeBron left, you saw Chetty in the open floor doing those spin moves. Who did he learn that spin move from? I mean, I he learned it from LeBron, and I really think LeBron tried to take him under their wing, under his wing, and it just didn't it didn't seem to work. Like whether it was Ty Lue didn't play him, whether they didn't use him the right way, I really think that was that was a mistake. I, I think that the flashes of brilliance that we're seeing the. The, I think it's a confidence thing, and I think it's because he was mishandled when he was a rookie or f- the first few years. I, I'm saying that, and I don't know if anyone else is going to say that, but I, but I truly believe that his it's a confidence thing with him. You see it. He is he if he's on a roll, he's on a roll. But if he doesn't play well, I think he starts to doubt himself. And 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 you know, in the NBA, that's not necessarily the best thing. I think he has the potential to be a good sixth or seventh man off the bench. I don't think he should be a starter. In in personally, I, I know he's thrust into that position now with all the injuries, but I don't think he's a starter. That's my take. I don't know if I don't know what you think. What what do you think about Chetty? I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I think that's pretty much the consensus. Uh, I think you know what we've agreed upon many times on the podcast is that he he's best suited for like an eighth man role where he can just kind of like as of right now. I would say. And with the way he's playing, honestly, you have some really good flashes. Like, again, last night, 25 points, 5 for 9 from 3. You know, that's that's really, really good. I think he's more of a bench shooter at this point. I think that's how he would ideally be used. And looking at, you know, we'll get into rotations here in a minute. I think that's going to be how he's used moving forward a little bit. Um, 
I, I think you, you mentioned the you know the confidence issues with him. I don't know if it's necessarily rooting back to that long ago because I think yes, you look at his rookie year with LeBron, and it, it probably he probably wasn't played as much as he should have been, and I. I understand that that was kind of due to circumstance you know you're playing in lebron's last year you're trying to you have your vets out there you got to keep other guys happy um i thought that you know in jetty's rookie season when he got out there he did some good things he kind of provided some energy on a really really old Cavs team but you know since then i mean he's had plenty of time to start you know he's been starting the past two seasons and he's you know starting a lot of games now i i don't think that that's necessarily the problem i and especially because overall he's still shooting whether he's making or missing like, this guy has had plenty of 1-for-11 or similar to 1-for-11 nights this season. Like, I, I don't think it's that he's afraid to shoot the ball. It just seems like it's just so hot or so cold with him. And I don't know if it's a momentum thing. You know, maybe he's just, you know, trying to, to break out of it and it's just not working. But I, I'm not really sure what it is with Jetty at this point. And, and you look at when I think he is best for a bench role, I agree with you completely there, is just because he's – He's just not able to hold up defensively. Um, I, I think he's done a good job being active, and part of the reason that the Cavs' defense has been so good this year, obviously the the rim protection is a huge part of it, and in, in getting guys who can fight through screens like in, like an Okoro, I think Garland and Sexton have been better at that as well. But um, I, I think one of the biggest things is that they've been able to force turnovers at the rate that they have, and I think that Jetty has done a good job there. Uh, looking again just at last night, he had two steals. But so many times is another guy that does just get caught up in those screens, um, never seems to really know where to be on defense, gets lost so many times, or just kind of floats out there a little bit, kind of loses his guy, and either gets beat back door, or he helps over too much and leaves his guy wide open. Um, There were multiple instances of that last night. I think he was guarding Reggie Bullock, and he just overhelped unnecessarily and left Reggie wide open. And the instance I'm thinking of, I don't even think Reggie made the shot. Re- Reggie Bullock. Overall, Reggie White Reggie White played football. Did I say Reggie White? I meant you to say Reggie say, Bullock. You said Reggie Bullock the first oh time. Goodness. Then you said Reggie White. <laughs> oh, either way. Reggie, you're thinking, about, you're thinking about the yeah. Packers. That's why. The Packers played today. That's what we're going to yeah, say. We were talking about, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it up to that. But um, anyway, I, I think that that's kind of why I believe that Jetty is best suited for a bench role is just because, again, like, as a bench shooter, you can live with some of those defensive lapses. But in the starting lineup, I just think in a, in the span of 40 minutes, which he's, you know, tasked to play right now, I think that just kind of hurts your team too much, even if you get the win against a team like the Knicks. Yep. Um. Yeah. Can we talk about Dotson really quickly? I meant to make one other sure. statement about – listen – yeah, I I really respect the fact that Damian Dotson is playing right now, but he needs to stop shooting three pointers, please, Damian Dotson. Every time you shoot a three pointer, I cringe. You were one for eight you last night. You think Damian night. needs to stop shooting less or stop shooting as many? Interesting. You know, Make your case. He was one for eight last night, and every single time he shot the ball, I knew it wasn't going in. <laughs> like literally, you could just watch him shoot. It was terrible. I don't know. He made I, the important one at the end, though. He did make the important one. I I listened. He made the important one. It, you want to see a, you want to see shooters that are, have confidence. Going back to your Chetty point, but oh man, that whole it, he shot fifteen shots yesterday. He was four or fifteen. He's he. Sh, I know that the the problem is there's not a lot of sh, people out there that can shoot right now. I mean, the fact that Javale McGee keeps shooting three pointers. 
Let's let's <laughs> like. I think he shot in he won a shot, game. Won a game. He shot more this year than he has in his career. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes. And he's made more per game at least. Hey, but I will say this: he's made more, and he still has more three pointers made than Ben Simmons. So we'll just leave it at that. Congrats, Javale McGee. But I just think that Dotson, when he shoots, he's I think he's out of rhythm, Justin. And and I and I like every single time I watched him shoot last night, it didn't look like he was in rhythm. The one that he made, he was in rhythm. He it was a much better shot. He 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 obviously he made it and that ended up being the difference in the game, um, but I just want to be clear here, Damian Dotson. I don't want you shooting eight threes a game. Please, calm down on those threes. That's my opinion. I would much rather have I'd rather have much rather have Larry Nance shoot three pointers than him. I'm I'm saying well, that. I'm, I'm I'm happy with Larry shooting threes as well, but I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say that Damian Dotson should continue shooting even if even if it is eight and you go. Even after tonight, I'll say I think he's shooting sub thirty percent. Well, I know he's shooting sub thirty percent on the season from three, but I'm gonna say keep shooting him, Damian. Um, this is a guy who you know in his role with the Knicks, uh, well, and, and he obviously had a very limited role, probably a, a more limited role than he should have. But uh, really, he's he's was shooting twenty six percent. He's shooting twenty six percent from three. So I just put and that's out fair. There. But I, I I will say th- he, this is a guy that has never been asked to play point guard before. Uh, and when he when he's been on the floor, has always been an off ball, you know, running around off of screens, you know, kind of one of those guys that just was always moving or in the corner. And his his role was to be a spot up shooter. He's never been asked to do what he is doing right now. I think that's a fair one, point. And and yes, yes, he played for the Knicks last year, but I think part of the problem is that you know this offense is just so bogged down right now because you don't have a guy like Garland, you don't have a guy like Sexton to create offense. Uh, you don't have guys to pass to. Again, Damian Dotson is not somebody who can just play off ball all the time right now because he's the only guard on the roster. He's being tasked, you know, with almost all the ball handling responsibilities when he's on the floor. And by the way, I think he's done a fantastic job. Oh, I, I, I completely agree with you. I just don't want him shooting threes. I'd even be okay with him driving and doing a Sexton two pointer, Justin. I think that would be more in his lane right now. I just, that's. I, 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 yeah, I don't think he has the driving ability of, of a Sexton. I just don't think he has that explosiveness. But I, I am okay with Damien Dotson continuing to shoot threes. I think okay. he is a three-point shooter. That's that's what he has been known for his entire career. I think the, the just the degree of difficulty of the shots he's taking right now combined with just the complete role change that he's had to get used to are you know mostly to blame for the shooting slump that he's in. Um, you know, he's had to take... And, and he's not making them, but he's had to take way, way, way more pull-ups than he ever has. He's not really getting open looks. He's trying to create things out of nothing most of the time. So, well, it has been a struggle for Damian Dotson shooting the ball. I am going to say that I, I do want him to keep shooting. I think okay. he, he's proven to be too good of a shooter to look at this, you know, 10 games and say, man, you got to stop shooting the ball. I think, I, I, and again, I think for a guy like, like Dotson, who has really, really proven to shoot at a high level, I don't think you. I don't think you can. You can stop him now. I think he's got to keep chucking. Okay. Hey, hoopheads! We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. 
Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Any other Cavs you want to talk about? Uh, real quick, you just want to talk about Larry Nance. Um, what did you thought of him, uh, in particular, his shooting? You were talking about, you know, you want to see Larry Nance take threes more. Um, I, selfishly, because I had picked I, him up for my fantasy team. You did, I saw that. I picked him up, and here's why I picked him up. Because Garland's been hurt. And listen, Larry Nance is going to stack a pack the stat sheet. He's just going to do a little bit of everything. You never know if he's going to score. He's not going to score thirty points. I don't think. I you know maybe he'll have a game where he'll go off and he'll get like he's had a few games in the twenties. I think this year, but he's getting rebounds. He's getting assists. The first game of the year, he almost had a triple double. He's leading the league in deflections. He's leading the league in he's leading the league in steals still too. Right? He's leading the league in steals and Drummond he's is right behind top. him. It's not leading. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he's he's leading the league. If he's not leading, he's right up at the top. Yeah, him and Drummond are both leading the league in steals and deflections. I and listen, he's gonna stat pat my stat sheet in uh, fantasy basketball, and and that's all I need. I need steals. That steals was the thing I was missing, so I picked him up. I said, why not? Listen, I love Larry Nance. Um, actually, uh, so his high school coach, uh, Ray Haas, his wife works with me at my school that I work at, so. Uh, I get a lot of I get a lot of inside info. I see lots of they you know they still talk all the time. And obviously his brother is at Northwestern, and, and Ray Haas was his coach as well. And they, we talk to him. Uh, he talks to him all the time. But uh, it's pretty cool to hear. I I hear stories about Larry Nance all the time. It's it's pretty funny to hear stories about him because like he's an NBA player who plays for a team he grew up in, with and 25 minutes from his house, and like. Like, you genuinely know he was a fan. You know, we don't know. Yeah. We don't – like, LeBron has never come out and said, this is the team I rooted for when I was a kid. Do, do we ever hear him say that? I don't remember ever hearing LeBron say that. Not growing I up, no. You you definitely hear that with Larry. Yeah, Larry, you definitely – his dad played for the team, obviously. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big Larry Nance Jr. fan. You know, I was a little skeptical when they, when they uh, signed him to that extension, but I'm actually happy now. Uh, because I think they got oh, him. Oh, it's for, proven to be a great deal. It was a great deal. They got him. They still have him for three more years after this year. Correct? Is that correct? Is it three? Two or three? Two or three? Uh, maybe the third year is a player option or whatever. But he's been great. Uh, his shooting this year has been fantastic. When he shoots a three pointer, I think it's going in every single time. Like I know it's not going to go in every single time. The amount of times that he literally shoots the three-pointer and it barely touches the net and goes straight through this year, he's made more of those than I've seen anyone make in a season for the Cavs so far. Like, seriously. Like, they literally look like they don't touch the net. It's, like, perfect. You know what he obviously worked on over this long quarantine? He worked on his shooting. And and I think he's he's got to be. He's got to be. Now, I don't think he's going to win because we're not going to be good enough. He's going to have to get some votes for most improved player. 
I'm going to I think I genuinely think he has to get some votes. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm not going to say he's going to come close to winning. I think some people will vote for him for most improved player, especially if he continues to lead the league in these his defensive st- uh like steals and deflections and he was actually on a podcast I don't remember what one but I was listening to an excerpt and it was posted today and I was listening to an excerpt I saw on Twitter um, that he was talking about his goal is to win to be considered for defensive player of the year and obviously like by the time his career is over obviously right now he's not going to win defensive player of the year I don't think but I think he has to be considered for most improved at the end of the season if he continues on this trajectory that's my opinion on Larry Nance yeah, if he continues on this trajectory and keeps shooting like he has these past five games or so, I think he's definitely going to be someone who he's probably not going to be like seriously in consideration, but he'll he could very well be a vote getter for sure. Uh, what I did want to ask you about in particular with him is about the shooting. Do you think that the shooting is here to stay? Like I said, he 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 got off to a really really slow start this season, but has picked it up since. Uh, do you do you believe in his outside shot? I I believe in it. I, just watching him shoot, I mean. I, I believe I believe he can do it and and I think obviously at the beginning of the season he was off to a slow start with his shooting but I think that comes with the fact that they hadn't played a lot like let's be honest Justin I mean that'd be like I mean I don't know I, I'm assuming I shouldn't assume I guess I'm assuming that you played basketball right you play basketball yeah, I, yes. yeah okay I'll tell you what if I went out and played right now I haven't played basketball since last March. I have not run up and down the floor and played basketball, and I'm not liking myself to a NBA player. But what I'm saying is, a guy who hasn't played a lot of times over a six month span—that's their profession—and all they've done is shoot. You got to imagine they got to get their sea legs under them. I truly believe that his shot is going to be fine. I think it's going to continue, and if they keep giving him the opportunities, he's going to shoot it. And he definitely has the green light. He definitely has the green light from Bickerstaff, and I think that if he continues to shoot at this. His pace, listen, we haven't talked about him yet, and maybe we're going to talk about him in a little bit. I think Kevin Love's expendable. I, I truly believe that Kevin Love is expendable. And if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, I, I, I think I even said it on our podcast, I don't want to trade Kevin Love. Maybe it's just me holding on to the last bit of the 2016 NBA Finals team, and I don't want to lose him because everyone else, other than I guess Delhi, because Delhi's back, Although I don't know, is Delhi back? I don't even know what's going on with that guy. He's still out with concussion. whatever concussion protocol he's that's been crazy. in since that's, the first preseason game. So that's crazy. It must be super something super 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 serious because it's been um, a month plus, yeah, and he's still in concussion protocol. So I I just maybe at the beginning of the season I just didn't want to give up love. I think if we can find someone to take that contract, which I, I'm not hopeful on. But if he can find someone to take that contract in and it makes us better, I think Larry Nance is a, as a stretch four makes Love almost expendable. And I'm going to say that right That's now. That's interesting. Now, when you say expendable, do you mean that as in, like, you would dump I mean his contract in just in a salary dump? No, no. I think you. I think you. You could if you can get someone to trade you something that's going to make your team better and ha- give us an opportunity to compete and make the playoffs. And 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 you can trade love. I think you. I think you do it. I wouldn't have said that before because I think that love was too valuable of a piece to give up on, or give up. But I think that if you can find something that's going to genuinely make your team better, I don't think we need any more bigs. I don't know if you think that way, but I don't think we need any more bigs. But if you can find a guard that's going to make a difference, 
that is tradable with the love contract. And I don't even know if there's anyone out there. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I don't know. Love's contract's ridiculous. I'll just say this right now. There probably isn't. Okay. Unless we, I'll, I'll throw something at you in a minute, but uh, n- short answer. No, there isn't. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is if, if that opportunity presented itself, I think they could, because let's be honest, we put love out on the floor. Justin, are the Cavs a better team with Kevin Love on the floor than they've been over the start of the season? Do you think? Do you think we win any more games if Kevin Love's playing at a, at at a? I would say seventy five percent of what he was doing two years ago. Do, are are we winning more games? I would argue that maybe we win a couple more. There have been some close ones where the offense just gets so bogged down. I think Kevin Love's offensive shot creation from the mid post kind of area and just three-point shooting I will argue that and I'm on your side here as far as like yes I believe that Kevin Love is probably expendable especially expendable in the terms of like you're gonna trade him if there's an asset on the table my problem is there has not been an asset on the table uh we we know that really for the past couple years now you know ever since he got his extension it seemed like Kevin and Kevin Love trades have been here since he got here but, you know, particularly since LeBron has left and he signed that extension, you know, we've seen so many Kevin Love trade rumors and we've seen that the Cavaliers have been open to trading Kevin Love. The reason it hasn't happened is because the Cavaliers want positive value in return for Kevin. And that's just not something they've gotten. You know, there have been trade offers for him, but most of those trade offers either, you know, are willing to accept him as a salary dump so that the Cavaliers can just get off the money or they are, you know, asking for an asset in return with Kevin Love to take on that contract. Um, I think as time goes on and that contract shortens, I think Kevin Love's value will increase slightly. And I think, I don't think it's going to happen this season, but I think, you know, looking at maybe next off season, this, this coming off season and going into next season, that is what I expect Kevin Love to be traded just because the contract will be shorter by then. But as of right now, I think, you know, f- my feelings on it, I think, I think the feelings of the front office as well. I think that's pretty much been reported that they're looking for positive value in return for him. Have been have that, you know Kevin Love has been expendable. Sure, I'm throw I'm gonna throw a name at you, Kevin okay. Love for Andrew Wiggins. Who no, says absolutely not? One hundred percent no. Um, from the Cavs' perspective, uh, you hold on. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. Well, I'm just I I don't know. Like, okay, so like, what is the full deal? What is the full? Is are, are there assets coming in? Are there assets going out? How is this working? I mean, I don't know all the semantics. I'm just saying, if those were the two center, the two big names in the trade, and maybe you, maybe I mean, let's see, let's think about it. Kevin Love's contract's got to be maybe Kevin Golden, Love's contract's got to be worth more than Andrew Wiggins, correct? Yes, it has Golden to be. State probably goes for that. Yeah, you think Golden State Golden State takes that trade, right? So, Probably. So if Golden State had to throw in another player, who who on the Golden State roster that they would be willing to give up would you would you say then the Cavs say yes to? <sighs> See like maybe Eric Pascal, but like do the Cavaliers really want Eric Pascal that bad? And is it worth taking on Andrew Wiggins for? I don't think so. Now that, that's another trade that we that I floated on here before is you know the possibility of a, a love for Wiggins part 2. I just think Wiggins is not good, and I think the game that he plays he's is... good enough to be on my fan- my first place fantasy team. Oh sure, because he'll put up some numbers, <laughs> but the game that he plays is just not. It, it's empty calories, um, and you put that next to Garland and Sexton. Uh, you know, I think 
what you get from Love is Love is a guy that needs touches to be, you know, like if Kevin Love is on your team, you're going to get him his touches. I think that's just kind of a requirement. But where Kevin Love can facilitate and also play off ball and space the floor, Andrew Wiggins cannot. And not to say that Andrew Wiggins can't shoot at all, but that's not really, you know, a strength of his game. Um, and he's just, I think that, you know, Kevin Love has taken on a leadership role with this team that is really irreplaceable. And I think if you get the right value in return, you know, you're not going to make up for that in that veteran presence, but you can still come out of that net positive. You're not getting that at all with Andrew Wiggins. You're getting a guy who just is going to, especially on a team that's not competing. I think we've seen that a little bit with Golden State is just going to kind of float. Um, he's had good games and he's had bad. He's had plenty of bad. I was just trying to but, come up with um, He was the best guard, guard kind of guardish forward player that I could come up with that it, that I felt like we the Cavs might consider trading for and and would match contracts. That's the only guy I could think of off the top of my head. To yeah, be honest with you. I, I will say absolutely not to that one. Okay. Um, and another thing is Andrew Wiggins is making more money too. It's not a large amount, but Andrew Wiggins is does have more money on the books than Kevin Love. So okay. that's just another reason to say no to for, okay. for me at least. Okay. I I just thought can I'd throw I, it out I, there. Can I throw a trade at you? Sure, go ahead. Kevin Love for Tobias Harris. Um I take it. I guess the thought process here is Tobias is making significantly more money. And I think, you know, as of right now with the hot start that Tobias has gotten off to for the season, I don't think that this is something that's seriously in consideration. But if you believe in that, you know, Tobias is going to cool down and, you know, Kevin Love is going to come back and be able to be healthy for the rest of the season, which is a big if. (laughs) um, I think the Cavaliers get someone who is a little bit younger um, while the Sixers get – you know, maybe theoretically the better player, but and get off of some money. Uh, the Sixers would still be very, very expensive in that situation, but they would shed some salary. The Cavaliers would obviously take on a bunch, but that would be a way to get rid of Kevin Love, maybe still get back an asset because you're taking on that bigger contract and also remain competitive with Tobias Harris. Hey, That's something that I thought is pretty interesting. Justin, I'm not what, sure if the Sixers accept it, but what were we saying? To your, to your Kevin Love point. Let me read off how many games he's played in the last five seasons. You ready? Oh, boy. 2016, 60. 2017, 59. 2018, 22. 2019, 56. And obviously, that was probably the best because, I mean, we played a shortened season, so you can't really fault him for that one. And then he's only played two games this year. Yeah, I'm, and, and it's it's a problem. It's a concern. It is a concern. Uh, you know, he had his his first two years here. He had you know, he played seventy five and seventy seven, and the year before that he played seventy seven. But even going back to this time in Minnesota, he had three straight years where he didn't play a lot of games. He played eighteen, fifty five, and sixty. So, you know, you, get, you listen when you say when you say is is he going to be able to stay healthy the rest of the season? I, I'm going to tell you the answer is no. And and listen. I'm not. I don't want to make any comments about his the mental health piece and all that stuff. But he, he literally played a game, and then I don't know what the, I don't know if it's the Cavs or if it was him insisting on playing in that back to back, and he hurt his calf. He should have never been playing that game, especially after playing extended minutes in an overtime game. Why did they play him? He, they, listen. I guarantee you he wanted to play, and they said, okay, you can play, but we're going to limit your minutes. And then he literally plays three minutes and, and gets hurt. I, I think that was – he's 
he's just he's he's not Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose was constantly getting hurt, but he's close to that, Justin. And and I hate saying that because I really like Kevin. I I really do, but they have to be smart if they're when they bring him back. They better be really really smart about it. And that's all I'm going to say on that too because don't be dumb. Yeah, I don't think that his injuries have been as severe as many of Derrick Rose's have been. But if you're just looking at you know overall time missed with just little things, it, it definitely. And I think that's why it's so hard to trade him is because obviously you know what you're going to get from him when he's out there, and it's a very good player. But when you're looking at can he stay healthy, this is a guy who has you know he's under contract for this year and then the next two seasons at roughly thirty million dollars. Like that's a big investment. So. I don't really think that there are a whole lot of teams out there that are willing to take that on and give something else up in return. I I would say that there are no teams out there right now that are you know willing to give up an asset for him. I think if there was, we would have seen a trade happen by now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, looking at a different trade, though, we can uh, segue over to uh, the James Harden trade, which the Cavaliers have been involved in. Uh, obviously, we already talked about the details in specific. There is one quick out- update. Uh, obviously, the Cavaliers gave up Dante Exum and that uh, Milwaukee first-rounder in 2022 gave those both to the Rockets, got from the Nets, Tarian Prince, and Jarrett Allen. Uh, one quick update to that trade is the 2024 second-round pick that was originally going to Brooklyn is now going to Indiana. Um, I believe it was Karis LeVert. Uh, they found on his physical that he had a small mass on his kidney. So uh, they got some extra assets. They got some cash considerations in that second. Obviously, we two hope point, Karis I think it was is okay. Two point, I think it was two point four million, if I'm not incorrect, was the cash considerations they got in okay. addition. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Karis is okay. Hopefully that situation gets taken care of quickly. But um, anyway, yeah, that, that second rounder is not going to Indiana. But uh, I, I just kind of have to get some of your takes on both Jared Allen and Tarian Prince and how you like their additions. We can start with Jared Allen. Um, I'm excited about Jared Allen. I, I think my biggest selling point is he's young and he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. Now, he could cost a lot of money um, depending on how things shake out, but he's not going to cost as much as Andre Drummond's going to be. And he's obviously younger than Andre Drummond. And, and he's I don't think he's as good. I'm not going to make the argument that he's as good as player as Andre Drummond. And he definitely, if he grows that fro out, has improved the Cavs' head, hair um, by a lot too. I hope he grows the fro out. I I don't think he has a fro right now, but he hasn't. He, well, no, he has a fro now. Okay, good. Well, that's good. I like the fro. So it improves uh, the quality of the Cavaliers' head uh, head accessories slash hair <laughs> by a lot. I really like the fro, um, and uh, it's a little bit better than the rat tail that Sexton's got going on. So uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. for that matter. So uh, I really like Jared Allen. Obviously, you know, the, we he was kind of in – I know he was in the net. He was with the Nets this year. And I wouldn't necessarily say that the Nets this season is an ideal situation. And I still don't think – I think it's even worse of an ideal situation now. Uh, we, could, we could talk about that all day probably. I can't stand James Harden. Um, but more importantly, uh, I'm, I'm excited the Cavs got Jared Allen because I definitely think he's a solid piece – um, and 20, I believe he's 24 years old, pair him with Sexton and Garland. 22. And 22, oh, even better. 22 years old, pair him with Sexton, Garland, uh, Okoro. I, I just think it's a nice young core. Um, if, you, if we can keep him on, um, that would be great. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I really like him. He's long. He's a good defender. 
Um, and I, I don't know. I saw a tweet. Uh, it said, uh, I know I sent you one, but I, I saw a tweet that said the Cavs dropped from number one defensive rating to number two, so they decided they were going to trade for another really long defender. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with with picking up Jared Allen. Um, definitely. What are your, what's your thoughts on him? I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know, it does kind of create a problem at center with Javale, Andre, and um, and him. I think we can get into that, but I my feeling have, has always kind of been, you know, whatever happens with JaVale happens. Um, yes, he's been a very nice, you know, piece this year. He's been a great guy to have around. He's a good veteran D- just to have in your locker room. The fact that he's bought in has been really, really great this year. But, I mean, he's he's in his 30s now. He's not really part of your long-term plan. Looking at Andre Drummond, um, I, it never really seemed like Andre Drummond was long for Cleveland before or after this trade. I would say less likely so after this trade. So I, I think in Jared Allen, you get the center of your future. Um, someone who, again, is not somebody who is going to take over the offense, which is kind of what you want. You don't need some another low usage player, I'll put it that way, to put next to some of your ball-dominant guards. And... A very, very good defender. Like you said, the guy has been a great rim protector for throughout his career. Very, very long. Um, it will able to be able to protect the paint in in the way that you want him to. I mean, that, that that's been part of what has you know helped this defense out so far is and helped these young guards out is when they make a mistake. Andre Drummond has been there at the rim to kind of eliminate a lot of those. I don't know if as far as shot blocking he might do it and as far as just you know the the sheer size and force he doesn't have that of Andre Drummond but overall you know getting this guy and you should be able to resign him this offseason from anywhere i would say like 12 to 16 million maybe i i would go say a little bit lower to 12 well obviously i have to see how the season plays out but getting him at that number i think is going to be you know really really nice um just as another piece and i think that this is your guy who is the long term starting center for this team. Um, looking at Tarian Prince, who is under contract for this season and next, how do you like the addition of him? What do you think of him as a player? I, I Listen, I, I'll i be completely honest with you. Like I know he was solid. He was with Atlanta, right, when they were good? Correct? Yes. Yeah, so... Well, he was with them when they were bad. Oh, he was, he was with kind them with of the, their... Okay. Yeah. Like, I'll, I've never been supremely impressed with Tarian Prince. He's, uh, you know... He's a nice, decent defender, if anything. Um, but I, you're not going to count on him for offense. I think he, what is he? he oh, I see. I'm looking. So he averages eight points per game this year. And obviously, when you're playing in Brooklyn with with Durant and, well, I guess Kyrie really hasn't been playing. But when you play in Brooklyn, you're, he's not going to be looking to score anyways. He's 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 primarily a defender. Would you agree with that statement? That that's what you. I you, think. I'm actually I'm gonna argue the opposite way here. Um, I and when you look at Tarion, you look at him like yeah, you know he's got the size, he's got the ability to defend, but I don't really think that's what he's been in his career so far. Uh, looking at when he came into the draft as a prospect, you know, he was kind of you know he he made his case as a prospect with his defensive abilities, and that kind of hasn't been the case uh, with Atlanta. And obviously the, he was on some bad Atlanta teams. Um, he was there for the very beginning of that rebuild, and he was kind of their offensive centerpiece, you know, before Trey Young got there. He was somebody who, averaging fourteen a game, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm not saying that is a great thing, but he did shoot high thirties from three, I believe, and overall, you know, showed some shot creation ability. Uh, obviously, you know, came to Brooklyn and really has just not been very good the past couple of years. 
Um, he, he's been okay defensively. I'm not saying that he's been bad. But overall, you know, it's not like he's a high-level defender. And I think his his offense has just really, really fallen off in Brooklyn. And I think, you know, part of that is due to the role he's been asked to play. Part, I mean, you know, there, there might be other factors. But overall, um, I think – and he's still shooting 35% from three. You know, that's, that's okay. It's dependable. And if you can just count on him to not kill you on defense, I think he's another nice wing to add to the rotation. Um my my big question is just kind of where he fits into that rotation. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there. Listen, the thing is this, Justin, when I look at what the Cavs gave up to get Jared Allen and Tarian Prince, Dante Exum, who's injured, okay, who we don't even know when he's gonna be able to play. Right? Agree? We don't we don't know when he's gonna play next. Okay. We traded a t- the the Milwaukee Bucks pick that's gonna be a late first rounder anyways. Like we don't, we know what the percentage of late first rounders that are good in the NBA. Uh, quickly, notwithstanding, okay. Kevin quickly, Porter Jr. Notwithstanding, Kevin Porter. Well, Kevin Porter Jr. needs to keep his head on his head and head on his yes, body. Yes, that's true. So he, he, the jury's still out on him. Um, but for the most part, late first round picks, i.e., Dylan Windler, who's played in two seasons, has played literally what three games, two games. Okay, I don't know. Uh, about three minutes. Yeah, played. <laughs> or not three minutes, but played played in one game. Played one game, in one game. One game. One okay. regular season so, game. So listen, we know first round, late first round draft picks aren't norm. Typically, the likelihood they're going to turn out anything. I mean, you don't just know. You got Torian Prince, who can be maybe an eighth or a ninth man off your bench, like or the eighth or ninth man. You got Jared Allen, who's a solid pick, and you traded away Exum, who. We we really do, do we need Exum? I think he was good when he was filling in for our injuries, but he's not going to play a prominent role when we've got everyone healthy, right? I mean, maybe, no. I mean, uh, so once you have everybody healthy, he originally won the backup point guard role for this team, but you you have to assume that with everybody healthy, he would have a small role, so, if any. So my argument is, you really didn't give much up. And you picked up two players that could make an impact on your roster. It's a it's a steal for the Cavs, in my opinion. I couldn't believe when the ESPN guy gave him a C, and he gave oh Kevin Pelton. Yeah, I didn't understand what, that. And he gave and he gave he gave the Houston Rockets an A. Well, I think the Rockets did. Listen, I would have given them an A too. They got rid of the they exercised the demon that is James Harden. Okay, but I think the Cavs really made out like bandits in this trade. I, I truly believe that. Um, when now when we talk about rotationally, what is J.B. Bickerstaff going to do? I honestly believe JaVale McGee is the odd man out right now. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to lose his minutes. I would say that the likelihood that he's traded is much higher than the likelihood that Andre Drummond's traded. And if I was the Cavs, that's the route that I was going to go. Because Drummond's off the books next year. He's probably not coming back. I think McGee still has another year on his contract, correct? After this year, if I'm no, not... McGee's an expiring as oh, well. Oh, he's expiring as well. But I, I truly believe that he's someone that a team would take on um, for his and and for his low level contract that he has because he's not going to get minutes now. I, I don't think. I don't think with Nance, with Drummond, and with Jared Allen. I just don't see him getting the minutes. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and, and when eventually when Love comes back, I don't see him getting minutes. I, I just don't see it. 
Well, I just want to make one more note on this trade. Uh, we talk about, you know, what the Cavaliers got for basically Dante Axum. They also got from the Nets the draft rights to fifty the 57th overall pick in the 2017 NBA draft. Alexander, if I'm saying this name wrong, I'm sorry, Vezenkov? I'll be honest so, with you, this is the first I'm hearing of this. I didn't even know we got a... You, this is this whole this whole deal is as a whole is a steal for the Cavs. You get Jared Allen, Tarian Prince, and Alexander Vezenkov. Is he gonna play for so, the Cavs ever? No, never. He will never see the floor. I promise you. At least I am almost certain. I, but I, hey, I, we got. I've him. never heard we of have him until just now. So thank you for sharing that with me because I didn't even realize he was You're involved welcome. in the trade. <laughs> You're enlightening me. <laughs> But um, back to the uh, – yeah, you, we, we talk about the rotation, uh, the center rotation in particular. I agree with you. I think unless the plan is to trade Andre Drummond this you know this season at the deadline, which I think you can make a case for, but I would also think you can make a case against. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I think JaVale is definitely the odd man out. Uh, if you're going to have all three of these guys here, JaVale is obviously the guy that's going to lose his minutes. And, you know, we, we might still see him in a limited role, but uh, I, I don't think – that's going to be something that he's happy with. You know, you have a guy here who has bought into playing for this team, um, again, is in the later stages of his career, has been on championship teams. I don't really think he has any real interest in, you know, playing a reserve role for this team. And I, I think that that's a, fair. A I don't think he role, should. A reserve role for a fringe playoff team. Uh, he's not going to want to be there. I'm just telling no, you. No, he, he's not. And that's fine. Like, I don't think the Cavaliers should put him there. So if the plan is not to trade Andre Drummond, then I think absolutely you should look to trade Jared Allen. Um, are there any teams in the league anywhere that specifically stand out as a team that could use someone like him? Uh, I have one in particular. Um, well, I would think, I mean, my, I would say that Miami wouldn't be a terrible spot for him. Uh I don't know if putting him in Miami is the best idea, but Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know who's the who's the Milwaukee Bucks backup center. Uh, right now, Bobby Portis, um, but uh, it's it's ex- it's kind of difficult for them because they're hard capped. Oh yeah, so they're hard capped. So they they yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. They, they can, I don't really know if they can get a deal done. So so I don't know. Who, where are you thinking? Go ahead, tell me, tell me what you the think. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh God. Dude, if, you, if they trade him to Brooklyn, that would be the greatest thing ever. Please, please. Okay, we'll, him, we'll, we'll James, think about this. Him, him, James Harden, <laughs> Kyrie, and, <laughs> and Durant on the same team. You've got four people. Listen, JaVale's been nothing but class this whole season, but the stories that you've heard about him being in the past, being a bonehead, <laughs> doing stupid things, could you imagine those four players on the same roster? Steve Nash head might explode. Please put him there. Well, okay, so memes aside, this is a team that now has three open roster spots after this trade. You have one real center on your roster in DeAndre Ayton, who has not played well this season. DeAndre Jordan. Other than that, you have you know Reggie Perry and Nicholas Claxton, who's hurt right now, or he's out at least. I don't know exactly what's wrong. Is Nicholas Claxton Speedy but- Claxton's son? I don't think so. But I can't confirm. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so you don't really have a real backup center on this team. All you have is DeAndre Jordan, who hasn't really been that well, or who hasn't played that well for him. You're looking at a team that needs a backup center, that has the roster spot to absorb one, and a team that also lost Spencer Dinwiddie. 
Now, that might not seem like, you know, as far as, you know, roster construction goes, a, a huge thing, but they got a disabled player exception granted to them for Spencer Dinwiddie's season-ending injury. So, I believe that was for five-point-something. Uh, JaVale McGee is making, I believe, what is it, 4.7? Yeah, I think it's 4.7. You're right. Yeah. 4.2. 4.2. 4. 4. Okay. My yeah, bad. Yeah. All right. Um, so, it, there's someone who could fit in, t- it, who would be able – we could basically give Brooklyn – JaVale McGee. They could fit him in uh, to a roster spot. They could fit him into that injured player exception or disabled player exception, sorry. And the asking price probably wouldn't be more than a second round pick. And then they would send the money too? Is that how it works? Or how does that uh, They could send cash considerations back, but they, they would be able to absorb it. Like they wouldn't need okay, to do anything. If they just sent a second okay. round pick, that would get the deal done. Cavaliers, since you're not playing against the Wizards the next two days, you've got enough time to game plan. JaVale McGee showtime minutes next week when we play the Nets back-to-back games. Your chal- please accept this challenge and try to get him traded to the Brooklyn Nets because I want to see this Get him this shooting now. as many threes as he can. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to want the Brooklyn – the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to want that. So <laughs> no, they're not. But, um, yeah, overall I think that that's, that's really in my eyes right now the most like realistic destination and it just it makes – total sense at least in my eyes um but looking at you know just the the possibility of trading andre drummond i know you're not necessarily a fan of it um and at this point really i don't know if i am either well i believe that jared allen is the starting center of the future for this team can the cavaliers afford to lose what andre drummond is giving them right now no (laughs) what else do i have to say Listen, I, I already I, I laid it out at the beginning. I think that if they trade him away, they're punting on the season because I think there is zero chance we would. I think we would fall into the eleventh or twelfth spot, thirteenth spot even, and we might even do that with him. I want to be clear here. I don't think we're a guarantee top ten pick. I had them picked thirteenth when we did our preseason podcast. Mike and I did this. Mike had him at eleven. He was close. He had him right on the fringe. I had him at thirteen. I didn't think. I didn't think we were going to be better. I didn't think we were going to be better than Charlotte. I didn't think, and and maybe we're not going to be better than Charlotte. Maybe Charlotte because Charlotte seems to be playing better now. I I didn't think I had us better than two teams. I had us better than the Knicks and, and the Pistons. And the Pistons. Those are the two teams I had us better than in in the East. Mike had us better than the Wizards. Somehow proved to proved to be right. Even I think Mike said the wizard wizard. No, he had the wizards at ten. He had them one spot ahead of the the bulls. The bulls. Like the he, bulls yeah, and he, had, he had them. He had them better than the bulls. He had them better than the um the Knicks. I can't remember who the the other team was. But anyways, regardless, I I listen. The bottom line is this. If they if they trade Drummond away, they're punting on the season, and I don't think there's any chance they compete for a playoff spot. And I think I I think that it is valuable for the kids to see that it, that we are committed to winning right now. And yes, it might have ramifications in the coming years, but the playoff experience or the the chance to make the playoffs that the grind is going to be this season. I think it's important to keep Drummond for morale for experience, um, and then everything. So I'm saying they cannot trade him away for statistical reasons and for morale and emotional reasons, I guess is the way I would put that. I don't know how else to say it. But I, culture, that's a culture building. I think they need to do it. 
I, I think I'm, I'm with you on if, if they trade Drummond, they're essentially going to be punting on the season. Um, I, I still don't think that this is a playoff team. Uh, I think that they will level off a little bit. I think that they will be a team in the mix for those 9 and 10 play-in seeds. And I, I agree with you that if if they trade Drummond, they're basically punting on that. Which, again, if, it depends entirely on what you're getting for Andre. I don't think they're just going to look to dump him for nothing. Um, and, you know, th- there's reports out there that opposing executives, you know, believe that he's already gone, essentially. Never listen to opposing executives. They're not your executives. They're not the executives of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They don't always know what they're thinking. I wouldn't take any real – I wouldn't take that with any, you know, real – Grain of salt. I wouldn't take it with any real seriousness as to, you know, any inside information. It's just, you know, the opinion of another person, basically. So, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Um, I I think it depends on what you're going to get for Andre. If you can get a real, 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 you know, significant asset in return, then I think you do it. Other than that, especially if if the plan is already to trade JaVale and then you trade Drummond, now you're all of a sudden left with a hole at the backup center spot. So that becomes a problem. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think even if you just let Andre Drummond walk at the end of the season, um, if you want to remain competitive this year, which I think if if they keep playing as well as they are right now, and you know there's still a bit of time until the trade deadline comes, um, if if they really tail off by then, and Andre Drummond is just looking like he did when we traded for him last year, and is just kind of floating, and he starts taking more threes, and he's just he's not engaged like he is right now then you make more of a case. And I think that there's still plenty of time for that to happen. But with the way things are right now, I say, yeah, um, trade JaVale, uh, get him to a contender, uh, you know, make, let someone else use him more than you're going to use him. And again, like you said, he's been all class, you know, up to this point in the season. So, so do right by him as well. And, you know, give him, give him to somebody who will, you know, make better use of him. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. Good. Um, we're, we're finally agreeing on something, Justin. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, we're, we're agreeing here. That's okay, a good, good thing. It's a good thing. But um, I want to look at the wing rotation just a little bit as well. Um, obviously, with, with Garland and Sexton and Kevin Porter coming back, that kind of solidifies your guard rotation. You can bring you know Damian Dotson back off the bench. Uh, both him and Kevin Porter and maybe Deli comes back at some point. Who knows? We'll, we'll kind of just take that backup point guard spot by committee, I think, and run that. Uh, Sexton might play there some. How do you think that the wing rotation shakes out, though, when everybody's healthy? That, um, that, we, we have Tori and Prince coming in. Uh, Jetty and Okoro are here. Again, KPJ might play a little bit of the three. Dylan Windler will be in the fold before too long. That's a lot of guys there. I think Okoro has earned the starting small forward spot. But past that, between Jetty and Torian Prince and Kevin Porter Jr. and Dylan Windler, you know, I think Lamar Stevens obviously loses his minutes. But, you know, what do you think the wing rotation shakes out to be? I think Dylan Windler is not going to play a minute for the Cavs in a meaningful time. I think he... Really? I, I think... I, I, listen, am I, I'm, I've got Okoro. Check. He's going to play. Chetty's going to play. Check. He's at least proven that he can do stuff. Dylan has literally proven that he can get injured. That's what he's proven. As, as terrible as that sounds, I, it sounds terrible. I think I think Windler is good. I don't. I, I listen. They didn't trade Tori and Prince just to trade for him. They're going to play him. He's a, he's a solid player. 
like I said, he's not going to light the world on fire, and we've already alluded to that. He's not going to score lots of points, but I think he's a solid rotational player. And listen, if I had to make my pick, am I going to play Kevin Porter Jr. or am I going to play Dylan Windler? Kevin Porter Jr. 100%. Like, like if he wasn't in a head case, he would have been a top 10 pick probably, right? Top top 10, that's, top 15 that's pick. Fair. That's fair to assume. That's fair to assume. So, so what I'm saying to you is I don't – I think Windler, if Prince is truly going to play minutes, I think Windler is the odd man out here. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I don't see who's who's the odd man out. If he's if Windler's not the odd man out, is it Prince? It has to be Prince because there's no way they're going to take any minute. They're going to take Chetty's minutes. They're not going to take his see, minutes. See, that's. That's the guy, and we'll have to see how Tarian Prince plays. Obviously, you know, he's been a disappointment the past couple of years. We, we just have to see all that shakes out. But I think with Dylan Windler definitely will have a spot. Um, I think what he showed in the preseason and in the limited time that he played in the season, you know, obviously he got hurt in the first game. But it, it was a freak accident, by the way. I mean, he just took a really, really hard fall and landed on his wrist. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, it's, it's not something that you expect to be a lingering what's, problem. What's his timeline? What's his timeline? Do they even have a timeline for him? They did. I think it was supposed to be like roughly a month, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to double check that and you know, I'll, see I'll what look right the now updates while you're talking. are. Go ahead. Okay. But anyway, you know, that's, that's a guy who, you know, when he was playing, you know, in the preseason, someone who really struggled with his shot, but you know that's something that'll come around. I mean, obviously, that's why they drafted him was not only for his shooting, but that you know that's the big selling point with him. You expect him to be a high level three point shooter. He showed his ability to be you know a high level rebounder as well. The playmaking was there. The, you know the ball handling ability was there. So if he's health, like, and I understand that you know you talk about what has he proven so far, the ability to get injured. I agree with that. But if he's going to be healthy and available. I don't think you can take him out of the rotation. I think, and, and I think it'll shake out once all the guys get back. I'm sure they'll all get their opportunities and kind of fight it out. That's kind of been how JB Bickerstaff has been running things this year: is giving everybody a shot and you know letting the letting the play speak for itself. But um, I don't, and it's hard for me to say it after Jetty has a 25 point night where he shoots five for nine from three and ten for twenty from the field. You know, like I understand that, but I think Jetty might be the guy left out. Okay. Uh, so I think so that, ES- you know, his ESPN inconsistencies and his... ESPN says Windler has no timetable for return. They're updating every so week. So it is no timetable? That's what he okay. says. Um, the first article, by the way, that popped up when I typed in Dylan Windler injury was from your friend, Dan Galinsky. <laughs> that, was the oh, first, really? that, was okay. the that was the top search. Way to go, Dan. <laughs> nice job, Dan. Good work over at King James Gospel. But, um, yeah, I... I just think you, you look at the inconsistency with Jetty and you look at, you know, just how terrible he's been on defense. I think that if you – and I'm, I'm not saying that with any real confidence, but if I had to pick somebody right now, that would be who I would pick. Okay. I, I would keep – I would play Jetty over Dylan Windler at this point. I'm just going to say that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but Chetty can at least shows, shows that he can score a lot and do – like. When you watch Dylan Windler play, Justin, he's a he's a in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I've probably been wrong multiple times in this podcast, but I feel like he would be he's a great spot up shooter. I don't I don't know that he can he drive to the basket and score. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that in his game. 
does he have it better than what Chetty has driving to the basket and scoring? I would argue that Chetty's on-ball creation ability is not that great, so I'm going to say yeah. Okay, listen, all right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'm just a Chetty. And obviously, Maybe it's I'm been a, a very Chetty small believer. sample size. We'll have to see it a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Like, listen, you've only seen probably Dylan Willner play four preseason games and a uh, <laughs> ten, yeah. mi- 10 minutes of a, a regular season game against the terrible Charlotte Bobcats team. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. He did get two steals on Lamelo in about three seconds. So that was pretty cool. Lamelo was in there. Lamelo's looked better, but I'm glad the Cavaliers did not. I'm glad the Cavaliers did not end up with him. I'm I'll say this: I am very, 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 very happy with Isaac Okoro. Period. I agree. That's all I have to say there. I think Okoro is in the league longer than Lamelo Ball. I'm going to say that right here. I think they'll both have long careers. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know who I'll say. We'll have a longer career, but it's an interesting. It's an interesting question. Let's think about it. So, what, do you have a, a reason for that, or just kind of a feeling? Because he, because Isaac Okoro isn't a part of a circus. the The Ball family that, that is a is bunch the, of circus. Okay, listen. That's solid. <laughs> I can't argue with you. That's it. Listen, Isaac Okoro is what they call him the silent, silent assassin or he's quiet he's he's just doing things what they call him ice because he's doing things so quietly and calmly he's under control he's not doing he's not just doing crazy things and Lamelo ball has been known to do crazy things i went and watched him play a game at spire okay i did too oh you did crazy it was crazy it was fun to watch it was it was it was a, a sideshow and that's what he is, and that's what the whole Ball family is. And the only person in the Ball family that I have any respect for, surprisingly, is Lonzo, because somehow he seems somewhat normal in this whole situation. Uh, maybe he just downplays it and he isn't normal, but he, every time he talks, he seems composed. He doesn't seem like he's an idiot. He just seems calm, cool, collected, and I like Lonzo. He's the like he's not a great. I don't think I think Lamelo has potential that Lonzo doesn't have. But what I will say is this: something's going to happen with the sideshow that is the Ball family, and Lamelo will not have a longer career than Isaac Okoro. Whereas Isaac Okoro is just going to be a hard worker. He's proven that he's a hard worker, and and I think I truly believe he's going to have a longer career. I'm not going to say that he's going to average more points than Lamelo. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to. To do as many flashy things as Lamelo, but I think Isaac Okoro, a was a perfect perfect fit for the Cavs. B is going to have a more the more longevity to his career. For however that looks, I can't tell you what it's going to look like, but I'm I'm saying that right now. I just don't believe in Lamelo. Well, we'll have to revisit this podcast, this particular episode, in about 14 years when Isaac Okoro retires. Hey, if, he, if, if he's uh, playing, if he's playing if in fourteen years, if he's playing in fourteen years and he retires, I feel really confident that he's going to have a longer career than Lamelo Ball. We'll just have to see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll revisit this and however many years it is, and uh, and look. But um, anyway, before we wrap this up, uh, the Cavaliers' next two games against the Wizards were postponed. The Wizards had like six positive tests um and I, I believe russell westbrook is out right now as well thomas bryan is out right now well he's so out with they, injury they just, yeah right bryan's done for the season he tore his acl bryan's done for the season yes and i believe russell westbrook is dealing like with a quad injury so yeah 
Listen, yeah. I, I feel bad because I feel like I willed this into existence on our last podcast uh, because I said, you know, the Cavs haven't had any games canceled, but if they did have games canceled, that wouldn't be the worst thing because they could get healthy. Like, I, I didn't mean – and I said, I even said on the podcast, I don't want people to get COVID. I don't want them to get sick. However, if it happened to be against the Cavaliers and it wasn't a Cavalier, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for ha- to happen. And then – like, For the Cavs, yeah. For the Cavs. And then three days later <laughs> – <laughs> the Washington Wizards game get canceled, and Mike's immediate text to me was, "Well, I guess you were right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I mean, want to say think... I don't. I hope that everyone on the Wizards is healthy and is feeling okay, and no one's seriously having impacts of the coronavirus. I don't want to make light of the whole thing, but what I want to say is. It could have happened at a better time for the Cavs. We basically are playing with five people, maybe six right now. So this is going to be perfect with the trades. They're going to have time and practice now to integrate Prince and uh, Jaron Allen into the offense. And more importantly, they're going to be able to pick their brains because they're going to play the Nets on Wednesday. Now, obviously, that was without James Harden. James Harden played. Do you see that James Harden had a triple-double tonight? I know that he was playing, and I watched a little bit of that game, but I did not know he had a triple-double. He is the first player to have a triple-double as a debut in a Nets uniform in uh, in their career, in their history. Or, or maybe it was the first player to ever have a triple-double in their first game after being traded. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, so. Maybe so. so although I, think, right. I yeah. feel like Westbrook got a triple-double in his first game this year, but maybe it was... Uh, maybe I'm wrong in that statement. But I saw something along the lines of he was the first player to get a triple-double after being traded. Impressive nonetheless. Yeah, regardless. So the Cavs are going to have their hands full when they return to the floor on Wednesday. I'll just say that much because you're going to have to guard two really good players and maybe even Kyrie is going to be back. But like I said, I think this is good for the Cavs in a sense that they're getting a little bit of a rest. Uh, They can get some practices in with these guys because I think – I really think the NBA screwed this up though. I think they could have done something where – I know it probably comes down to scheduling and figuring out how to handle a schedule, but if you have two or three teams that are currently out with quarantine, why don't they just reshape the schedule? And I know maybe that creates some balancing issues, but, like, for example... Well, reshape the the schedule how? Well, like, Cavs could have played Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix isn't playing on, I think, Monday now either. If I'm not correct, and it wasn't okay. because it's not because they're we don't have any games scheduled against Phoenix. I don't think in the first half of the season. So if they could have, and kind of like what baseball did, and I know baseball baseball was the first to do this. So I I give I cut baseball a little bit of slack. It was a mess. Okay, when teams were out and they had to move schedules around, but they they could have they could have some contingency plans in place where they have games that are not they're not teams that are not playing each other in the first half. Well, they're going to have to make up these games somewhere in the second half of the season. So why not put two teams that could potentially play against each other play against each other? There's got to be some way around this, in my opinion. So that's, that's an interesting argument. I think that's that's not really something I had thought of. You know, is having just the you know the healthy teams who are you know facing you know postponements due to the other team not being healthy. That is interesting. I'm I'm not really. Uh, I'd have to think more about it, but it, it seems like a very you know viable and, reason, and especially that, for that, teams that that wouldn't work at the end of the season. I understand that the second half of the season that's not going to work. But if you're true right now, but if you're truly trying to avoid a pause in the NBA, if you're truly trying to stop a suspension in the NBA from having to play and giving teams a week, all the teams in the NBA a week off, 
that would have been the way to do it, in my opinion. Because the other thing you're looking at now is you're having all these games canceled, and it was it was a waterfall moment from last Saturday. And I truly believe that they, they didn't cancel that Sixers game last Saturday, even though the Sixers only had eight players, because the Sixers didn't disclose injuries. That's the only reason. They were sticking it to the Sixers and saying, you guys didn't do what you were supposed to do. We're going to fine you and we're going to make you play this game. I think if they would have had Sixer, if they would have had Simmons on the injury report, I think that game would have been canceled originally. I, I truly believe that and I think they were trying to stick it to him because they didn't have him on the injury report. So I, I think what the thing is, you've I think we're at what twelve games that have been canceled now, twelve or thirteen games that have been something, canceled in the last like week. That. These are all games that are going to have to be made up in the second half of the season, and I know that's was was a smart move by the NBA to only release the first half of the season schedule the, the way they did it. But now you're going to have to find out teams, and there are multiple of those games are Eastern Conference versus Western Conference games. So now they're going to have to figure out a way to make that all work out. So, so that's why I say I think they could have come up with a contingency plan to have the healthy teams play each other. And maybe you eventually run into an issue where you have teams that have only played each other, already played each other the allotted amount, that they that they have to not do this. But they could have done it for now to keep the product going because you're looking at games being lost right now and and. and I don't, and even even here's the other thing is several of these games have been national te- televised games, so they've lost like TNT lost a game, and ESPN lost a game, and there's got to be some revenue lost there. There's got to be because it's not like ESPN and 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 TNT can be like, okay, now we're going to send our crew to the other game and and move because most of the time when they schedule those games, those are the only games on thir- like the Thursday night games. Those are the only ones that are going on normally. And I know this year there's been more than that, but I just think it's, I just think this was not planned out. Pr- and this is the first time in my opinion that Silver's really dropped the ball on something. I think this is something that, that he truly could have handled. And, and, and I think the cracking down with the COVID protocols and everything, and but even even they said they were going to introduce these new protocols, and they weren't going to allow people talking in half court and all that stuff. But last night, I saw in the in the Mavericks Bucks game. I watched the end of that game because it was a good end of the game. They're all up in each other's faces after the game, high fiving, giving each other hugs. But I thought the whole protocol thing was calling for them not to do that anymore. So I I just don't understand it. They've they've got to figure it out if they're not going to do it. Where they're going to reschedule? Like it's because it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. It's just going to be a disaster if they don't figure out a way to make these games up. In my opinion, yeah, it could get really really sticky in the at the end of the season where you're trying to play too many games and you know we'll we'll see what vaccines look like and if they're able to be distributed at any point this season. But it definitely could become a really difficult situation if they're still trying to squeeze things in and finish the season on time. But uh, in the meantime, you know, like we said, the Cavaliers have a little break here. They get a chance to get healthy. Um, they have a time to, you know, get Jared Allen and Tarian Prince into the fold, uh, get a couple practices in with them. Um, I think Darius Scarlett and Colin Sexton will definitely be back for the next game. But we'll see what Kevin Porter Jr., I guess we should say this, is back with the team. Um, you know, he's been away for the entire season up to this point with for personal reasons. Uh, he was on the sidelines against the Knicks. He wasn't playing, obviously. He practiced the day. He but, practiced uh, on Thursday. I read an article. He, he practiced. He, yep. So. Yes, he practiced, and he is with the team now. So we might see him back. You know, by that point, maybe he still needs to work into shape. We'll just have to see. But uh, really, really good to see there. 
So um, Larry Nance gets to watch his Browns to play tomorrow in the playoffs against the Chiefs. Instead of having to play basketball, so, he was happy about that. And, <laughs> yeah. one, other, one other thing I want to say about Larry Nance that I didn't bring up. I think what he's doing with this whole Cleveland like supporting the small businesses oh, is so absolutely. super classy. Um, he actually one of the one of the um, one of the places he support did a thing was roasted, which is a uh, I teach in Olmstead Falls up here in uh, the suburb of Cleveland, and uh, roasted is owned by two people uh, that are vets, and they're both firefighters, and they have a uh, it's a coffee shop, and I go there. I wouldn't say every uh, every day, but I go frequent enough that I, I I know them very well. And when they did that, when he did that for them, it, you don't even know the impact that he had on them choosing that small little business that started. Uh, I I I can't I can't applaud him enough for what he's doing for the city of Cleveland and for these small businesses because it's really been impressive. So hats off, Larry Nance, on that too. Yeah, just yeah, it just it shows you what type of guy he is and just how invested in this community he really is. But um, anything else, Jason, that you got to say? Got to get off your chest before we get out of here. No, I, I had a blast. I want to thank you for having me on. Um, and uh, I guess the last thing is, hopefully, when you're listening to this podcast, the Browns will be uh, in the AFC Championship game. I'm not holding my breath, but I'm hoping for that. So. Um, Go Browns, and uh, I, I truly appreciate you having me on. Go Cavs, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again um, near the end of the season or maybe even before then, talking about the Cavs being uh, in true playoff contention. I, I really hope that's the case. Yeah, you, we'll just have to see how it goes, but I completely agree with you. You know, go Browns. <laughs> that's all you can say. That's all you can hope for is, you know, <laughs> that they can at least compete tomorrow. But, yeah, hopefully the Cavs stay afloat. Um We'll just have to see, but yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll get you back on here for sure. Uh, we'll just kind of have to see how the season plays out, but uh, we'll we'll be back in here doing another pod again soon. Thank you, everybody out there, so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Rate the rate the show five stars. Leave a good review. Do anything else that you do to support a podcast, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.